Welcome to Absence Management Perspectives, a DMEC podcast. The Disability Management Employer Coalition, or DMEC as we're known by most people, provides focused education, knowledge, and networking opportunities for absence and disability management professionals. DMEC has become a leading voice in the industry and represents more than 16,000 professionals from organizations of all sizes across the United States and Canada. This podcast series will focus on industry perspectives and provide the opportunity to delve more deeply into issues that affect DMEC members and the community as a whole. We're thrilled to have you with us and hope you will visit us at dmec.org to get a full picture of what we have to offer, from webinars and publications to conferences, certifications, and much more. Let's get started and meet the people behind the processes. Hello, and welcome to Absence Management Perspectives, a DMEC podcast. I'm Heather Grimshaw, Communications Manager for DMEC, and I'm here today with Terry Rhodes, DMEC's CEO, and one of the two DMEC founders, Marsha Carruthers, to talk about the 30-year anniversary and how it all began. Sharon Coletta, co-founder, wasn't able to join us today, but we were able to get some of her comments in advance, and Marsha will be sharing some of her thoughts with us throughout this podcast. We will also be publishing articles to commemorate the anniversary, which we plan to celebrate in style during the annual conference, August 1 through 4 in Denver. I'm going to hand things off to Terry, who will be facilitating the conversation and will provide context about the people who made this all possible. Yes, thank you, Heather. So I'm Terry Rhodes, the CEO of DMEC, and I have been in absence management my entire career, which has spanned more than three decades. I won't tell you how many more, but um, I am just thrilled today to be talking with Marsha Carruthers and getting the feedback from Sharon as well to talk about DMEC. Marsha, would you like to introduce yourself? Well, thank you, Terry. That was a great introduction. And I'm not only thrilled that you're our CEO, but um, you you can't find people with the, the passion. You mentioned the word passion, and that's for sure. Uh, that's what got DMEC started, and that's what's kept DMEC going. So um, anyway, thank you for being where, where you are right now and um, keeping this organization going, especially in light of COVID. Um, in terms of my background, um, it like many people listening to this podcast, it was not a straight route. Um, but um, once you look back on it, you said, oh, you would say, oh, that makes a lot of sense uh, in terms of how, how I got where I was. But um, my er early years in my career were at UCSD in risk management, and that's where I had responsibility for a lot of the workers' comp, um, medical malpractice, um, some short and long-term disability as well. Um, and then I went on to become president of our local RIMS chapter, and we modeled a lot of what we did at DMEC after RIMS, uh, the San Diego chapter. And I also got my um, associate in risk management certification then as well. Um, decided that uh, I needed to get a little more education, went and got an MBA, and then uh, went to work um, for uh, Roar, which um, was bought out by BF Goodrich, but um, did benefits and it was a fully self-insured program. And that's where I met Sharon. And that's where we hatched our idea for DMEC. 
And then um, a couple years after that, um, I left and I worked for an uh, EAP. So you can kind of see where my passions come from. But that briefly, that's my background and, and how I, uh, what I brought to the table when we started DMEC. Thank you, Marcia. And, you know, you and I have talked about this many times, how DMEC was founded, the premise on which it was founded, you know, to bring together uh, disability management professionals um, in, a, in, a, in a concerted way, in a forum, and also an opportunity to network. And, you know, as this forum has grown, um, much in the same way has the profession grown into integrated absence. And we had the opportunity to meet again in March in person, which was uh, so nice. And we uh, heard from a few of the newcomers who hadn't ever been to a DMEC conference before. And they were talking about how much they appreciated the fact that the sessions were focused on their work, not general HR or human resource topics. And that's really a testament to the work that you and Sharon did when you founded DMEC. Could you share some of the details around the issues that you identified 30 years ago? I'd be happy to. And um, just to give you an idea in terms of how we organized, um, very much like you were speaking about the people at the compliance conference, we were employers who had um, then it was called just simply disability management. And we, we knew that that concept was just getting off the ground and it made a lot of sense to us. So we got together with other employers who were thinking about doing the same thing, sharing ideas and best practices and what their experience had been over lunch. Um, and you know what, DMSC still does that, um, certainly at the conference. So I don't think um, the way of sharing has changed a whole lot. But um, to give you a sense of kind of what some of the issues were in the context, um, uh, first of all, one of the things that we were saying back then is a broken leg is a broken leg, which meant that, you know, if you were out for a broken leg for workers' comp or for STD, it was still the same issue, trying to get people back to work and back to performance. Uh, we knew that return to work was curative. That was another uh, thing that we kept repeating. We knew people were healthier mentally and physically by being back at work. We were interested in the integration of all things that were related to disability and absence. And at that point in time, ROAR was uh, self-insured for everything, including healthcare, which um, made it easier for us. Um, and that was before HIPAA. So we did what we called sneaker net, which we'd run down the hall and share information about files with someone might have a medical file as well as a disability file. So um, in some ways easier. Um, but um, but that was sort of the beginning of, of this idea of integration. And also bringing all parties to the table. We used to have a forum once a month, and whether that was contractors or whether that was people from the different areas getting together to talk about claims. Just to give you a sense of the context in the early 90s, life was simpler back then. Um, ADA was brand new. It had just gone into effect in 1990. FMLA um, really didn't even come into play until DMEC was formed. That was 1993. HIPAA was brand new. Um, uh, but we did have workers' comp, disability retirement. Uh, we had 
because we're in California, state disability, uh, a self-insured program, as well as STD, LTD, and disability retirement. So we still had a lot we were integrating um, even in those early days before things got much more complicated. When I asked Sharon about um, our early days, um, she's her quote, and um, I'm trying to quote this exactly. She said, you know, you and I, it was our gumption, and that was her word, our fearlessness and our passion. Again, you know, we use that passion word. She said, fortunately, we worked for a woman who let us do it. And not only did that woman let us do what we wanted to do partially on work time, but also we were able to use some resources um, in those days, mailing um, and copying, um, because our company let us do that. So, so that was, um, you know, it gave us the sort of the permission, if you will, in order to do what we were, we were doing. Sharon also said that um, we were excited, really excited in the early days and really against all odds. Um, we had, you know, it's amazing that 30 years later we are where we are. But we had the vision and we had the passion. And those were the two things that, that kept us going. Thank you, Marcia. That's, you know, as you were talking about all that, my brain was going back and like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember, you know, those those early conversations. And, you know, as we talked um, a little bit earlier, we were trying to like set the timeline for when we met. And, you know, I remember when DMEC was, uh, you know, really trying to move towards a, a chapter model to, to basically get more members so that the message could be, you know, sent out about what we were all trying to do because it made, you know, perfect sense. Integrated disability management makes perfect sense. Integrated absence management makes perfect sense. But it, you know, because organizations are siloed and we don't always have the support that we need, you know, inside an organization, there was a lot of grassroots efforts that was done by you and Sharon. And that's how we met when you were trying to put together the Portland, Oregon chapter. And, um, you know, I remember all the work that was being done and how many chapters you guys were opening up on a regular basis. And I just was wondering if maybe you'd like to talk a little bit about that grassroots effort and what you what you were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's funny you say that because um, also back in 1992, and I asked myself the same question, what were you thinking? Uh, on a personal note, I also um, got married to my husband. It was a second marriage, blended family for both of us. So in 1992, along with working full-time starting DMEC, I started a new family and had three teenagers. So um, I don't know what I was thinking back then. <laughs> but anyway, in terms of DMEC, you know, in terms of the grassroots idea, you're right. Um, the chapters were a way for us to grow the organization. We also did publications back when, you know, you published a book and you had you know, a hundred copies, you know, on hand for, for selling. Um, some of that's changed too, but our return to work book, our um, lexicon of, of uh, disability management terms, uh, 
publications were an important part. The education, we started with CPDM um, right after we started DMEC and we worked in concert with the Insurance Education Association, IEA, for, for many years in order to get that out. And we also worked with San Diego State University to create our online uh, version. So very early um, distance learning um, program. And I was actually the first instructor for the CPDM online. Um, again, we used platforms and some of the technology and assistance from these organizations in, in order to, to jumpstart, you know, our work in this area. So it, as you mentioned, it, it was a, a forum for employer sharing and, you know, we wanted to make sure that employers had the tools that they needed. Um, so that was partially the books, you know, the, the, uh, the continuing education credits that we were offering, uh, webinars, um, came on board very early on. And again, we utilized the UNUM insurance platform back in those days. Um, it, it was about $18,000 to get a uh, license in order to, to use a webinar um, platform and which we couldn't afford at the time. So we were able to piggyback on UNUM's um, project uh, or platform. And so it made it much easier for us to do that. But um, the funny thing is that um, back in those days, um, they said that this whole concept was, quote, a flash in the pan <laughs> and that it wasn't ever going to last. <laughs> and so 30 years later, um, I guess we're still flashing. I don't know what <laughs> 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 the word for it is, but um, it wasn't a flash in the pan. It was something to stay. And as Terry mentioned earlier, it just makes a lot of sense. So, um, so I'm really pleased that, you know, that we were able to, to do that. When you look back, Marsha, is there anything you would have done differently besides doing everything at once, getting married, yeah. raising teenagers, starting a new job? Would you have done anything differently with DMUC? Um, you know, I, I've often thought that I should have done it earlier. And that was mostly because it was so personally rewarding for me. Um, but, you know, it, the timing wasn't right. It, it wouldn't have worked, you know, like a lot of what's happened in terms of DMEC timing, you know, has been critical. Um, some of the other frustrations, um, and, and I don't know if this ever would have changed, but we, we really wanted to partner with other organizations and we had tried many times to find the right synergy, but they're really either wasn't an opportunity or the scale or the, or the vision wasn't compatible. And some of those organizations were um, SHRM, um, IBI and RIMS. Um, and there were a few other smaller organizations, but um, that was a little frustrating, but you know, may, maybe it wasn't meant to be, I don't know. Um, the third thing that I was thinking that um, is, is the in, in increased, um, promotion of, of the mental health aspects of, of disability claims. And it, it was really frustrating for me, especially that it couldn't move any faster, but society wasn't moving any faster. And to be honest with you, it took COVID to move the dial on that, um, which is um, kind of a sad statement, but I am certainly more hopeful now um, that that stigma is going away and um, there's going to be some opportunities um, to incorporate some really good mental health practices um, to help employees 
uh, get back to work and certainly be more productive. I had an opportunity to talk to Sharon a little bit about that um, idea. And um, because she's had some personal challenges herself, um, she really had some, what I'm going to say, new insight into it. And, and she said that she definitely would have pushed mental, mental health more because she's got physical issues now and really a new appreciation of what's involved sort of from the inside out. And um, she said, one thing that really sticks in my, my mind is when you lose your ability to perform in life as you once did, then it truly affects your mental health. And it's really a loss of purpose. Um, she said that a couple of times. Um, and unfortunately, she understands that better. But um, And it really doesn't matter what profession or job you have. Um, that um, It's really um, uh, applicants really experience a, a great sense of um, emptiness and loss. And DMEC, through its mental health offering, um, at a, at a time when it really wasn't popular in the business world, um, but it was a way of reaching people who were, in her words, shut away, and not just return to work, but compassion for their loss. And it, really, she said, I didn't give that much thought to it. Um, for example, like in carpal tunnel cases and using assistive technology and, and bringing people back to work faster. Um, but it was really more than that. So it's really a, now it's a frustration um, with it and, uh, and how to integrate it into the, the mental health part into um, our model. And that was in the early years, and, but it has obviously gotten easier. It's gotten easier, Marcia, but we're still not there yet. And you know, you were you were the great champion for you know behavioral health, the term behavioral health, um, behavioral risk management, and um, you know, really set the tone for us to continue. And you know, it's been something that I've also you know championed um, following your retirement and it's so important and we can't lose it. And, you know, I think it's been really pushed to the forefront, like you said, because of COVID. And so, you know, mental health plays such a, an important part to your physical health. And I think maybe now there's more realization about that. So well, I, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, I, I think that's been DMEC's role from the very beginning pushing ideas that were, were either ahead of their time or uh, we knew were important and people just didn't realize it. And yep. so I think into the future, that's going to continue to be putting it in front of people and demonstrating the importance. And hopefully, eventually, they can incorporate these things into their program. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to just switch gears a little bit here and talk. We, we've talked about this so much, but, um, you know, I you mentioned, you know, DMEC being a volunteer organization early on and the work that, you know, you had to use the company photocopy machine to make copies for a meeting and, um, you know, didn't, you know, luckily your employer supported it. So, you know, you could actually get paid your regular salary and, and, you know, try to get DMEC off the ground. But I think just 
people knowing that it really illustrates the unique passion and dedication that we all have at DMEC. And that's been something that you and Sharon instilled and hopefully, you know, I do too as a leader. And, um, you know, that will be something that that DMEC, you know, is kind of what we're known for. And that seems to be what we hear from our, you know, more than 16,000 professionals that they feel like they belong to the DMEC family that, you know, we found, we found our people. And so what, what, I mean, what do you think it is about DMEC that engenders that to that type of feeling and connection? Well, um, I don't know if it, it goes back to the passion part, but uh, hugs have always been a big part of it. And, you know, um, we've always, you know, certainly before COVID, um, <laughs> it was it was an integral part to DMEC. When we saw anybody that, that we knew, um, we, we gave, I used to say strangers, you know, I'll give you a handshake to begin with, but the second time I see you, I'm going to give you a hug. So, <laughs> um, so I, I don't know if everybody was happy about that, but anyway, it, it was just how we felt because we really did feel like, um, a family because we had so much in common, um, with each other. Um, and, uh, I think part of it too is because we all worked remotely. So it was really nice to see somebody in person. We've learned that over COVID after all these uh, remote meetings. And it's just nice to see people in person. But um, I think it's also due to um, our volunteers and volunteers have been the lifeblood of DMEC from the very beginning. I mean, we were all volunteers in the very early years. Put it, let's put it that way. Uh, you know, certainly at the conference when all of us would get together, uh, other organizations would hire um, a consultant to come in and, and put their people in at the, at the conference desk. And of course, they were different people every year and they didn't know anybody at the conference. We always had people that you knew there. So um, that's why I think it sort of felt like, you know, a, a family reunion or a class reunion or something like that. Um, where you felt very comfortable, like as soon as you got there, and some of these big conferences, I I know everyone will appreciate that. You know, you 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 don't know anybody or hardly know anybody, so uh, it just makes it more comfortable. Um, we, you know, we certainly made it our our point to recognize people who were repeats to our conferences. We did bag stuffing um, in the early years, and we had lots of volunteers for that. And um, even though it was work. It, was a lot of fun to be together. Um, lots of smiles along with the hugs. I think people would say that people at DMEC were approachable. They didn't have to worry about um, asking for help or if they had a comment or a question to anybody. That's so true. I mean, there there have been a lot of people who have been very involved in the success of DMEC and supporting DMEC in so many different ways. And if you think back 30 years ago, you know, like you said, which was very important, we were really focused on return to work. And I think because the workers comp people were very focused on return to work. And so that gave us a common language. 
what do you think in terms of where we are today compared to 30 years ago in terms of the absence management professional and their role? You know, looking back and seeing where DMEC came from, I, I think we saw an opportunity and we kind of seized on it. And we, we initially sort of found our niche, which um, in the early years, the Washington Business Group on Health had a disability section, and we certainly went to their conferences and, and learned from them. Uh, we knew, you know, risk management portion of of RIMS and and the work on workers' comp was, you know, a key part of what we did. So um, that, but we also realized that there were some missing pieces, and that I think we kind of filled in. Um, where other people weren't providing the tools and resources for all employers, um, not just very, very large employers. And um, because it just made sense, everyone, whether you had six employees or 600,000 employees, um, you still needed uh, what DMEC had to offer. And because we had an integrated model, it was, wasn't just um, you know, the industrial side of things. It was the non-industrial side. So we were putting it all together. And I think um, our innovation and our vision, you know, adding in that behavioral risk component, talking about, you know, doing distance learning, um, remote learning. We had think tanks, um, how to do uh, remote medical. Um, there are all these concepts that, that we added to our little tool bag um, that we knew were either going to be important or or were critical. Um, just even setting up it was amazing how many companies um, didn't have a return to work program, even some very large ones. So we, we gave them the tools and resources in order to do that. And I think part of it was persistence. You know, if we had listened to people in the early years and they you know, where they said, you know, this is a flash in the pan and it's not going to last very long. I guess we could have given up, but we didn't because we had that passion and we felt strongly that it was important. And I think probably um, the other piece, and I'll toot our horns here, um, that it was uh, a woman-led organization and that nurturing was a key part, especially in the early years. And, and Sharon had a uh, comment about that. She said, um, nurture was so important for us. Baking cookies. Um, we worked in a male-dominated environment and we had to get their attention. So we would <laughs> we would bake, we would do a presentation before the senior executives at Roar, um, but we also brought cookies. So um, some women today, young women would probably say, oh, that's a step backwards. But for us, um, it was just one of our marketing tools and um, we wanted to get their attention. And did they remember that meeting? They certainly did because they, they at least liked the cookies. And um, so the same kind of thing with DMEC it, itself, you know, we felt that, you know, we had to go in and make that extra effort with DMEC in the early years in order to nurture it and to, to give it a, a good start. Yep. <laughs> there was a, there was a lot of, um, a lot of discussion that occurred within organizations about 
integrating disability and what needed to be done. And there still is, I think we still have some, some areas of improvement, but we've come a long way. I think kind of that missing piece still is that workers' comp piece. While many organizations do integrate their workers' comp, um, we still don't see those program, you know, integrations, which is kind of what we fought for early on is to get all of the programs integrated. I know you don't have a crystal ball, but you know, I wish you did. I wish I did. Um, I'd love to hear what you think is coming for the future. And how do you think the role of DMEC will need to change if it does need to change in order to continue to support our members? Well, I don't have a crystal ball, um, but <laughs> <Darn>. <laughs> I, I guess DMEC's role is really, you know, uh, and how has always been, excuse me, to not only support our current needs, but to envision the future and find the next innovation. Wow, a lot, Marcia. And I so appreciate your time. I have one last question for you. And it's really geared toward, you know, diversity of our membership. Why is an organization like DMEC important for people in, you know, all stages of their careers in, you know, all different types of careers. So what, what, what do you think really stand, helps us stand out to, to attract um, a more diverse membership? Well, the future, first of all, depends on attracting and, and retaining younger employers as, as members of our organization. And I know a few years ago when we made the decision to, disband the chapters. Part of that was predicated on the fact that um, in the workforce now, you know, people don't have an hour and a half at lunchtime to get in the car and go to a meeting. Um, that's just not the way things work anymore. So it didn't make any sense to for us to, you know, get our message out through through chapters. But we have found other ways, um, this podcast being one of them, and also the certification program, the webinars, um, the conferences, um, because we need to meet the needs of our employer members and our employer members continue to get younger and younger all the time. <laughs> um, so we need to find ways to engage them. And I also think the new communities program, Terry, that you've launched is a great way um, to meet that need. And um, I look forward to, to seeing how that evolves. That's that's really important. Um, also, DMEC has been good about asking our members what they want and what they need. So I think continuing to ask them, because um, that will change over time, and then to try to respond to, th to their needs. But let us not forget those of us who have a more mature approach to <laughs> integration, who have had 30 plus years in the industry. Um, because we want to retain that intellectual capital of seasoned and retired uh, members. And really, first of all, not to lose sight of where we started. This podcast is a good way of you know looking back and seeing how we got where we are. Um, but what needs to be addressed and how past efforts are sometimes lessons for us, things that we tried that didn't work and why they didn't work, um, we certainly can learn from that. And I would also add that um, our more seasoned members can be great mentors for new professionals because some things don't change. You know, trying to make your business case, um, trying to get the attention of your employees 
um, coming out with coming up with innovative, you know, return to work programs. Um, all of that, um, you know, can be um, helped by talking to somebody who who's been through it before and um, and has some good advice. Thank you, Marcia. I have enjoyed talking with you today, like I do every time we have the opportunity to sit down and talk. But especially <laughs> thank you. Subject, yes. <laughs> but especially I want to thank you for your time and your insights today. And um, looking forward to seeing you in Denver Yay, at, the, yes. at the annual conference. Yeah. And I'm happy to be celebrating 30 years. That's wonderful. <laughs> this is Heather, and I just wanted to thank you both for your time and such wonderful perspectives. And it's really impressive to hear the wealth of knowledge and that theme of passion all the way through. So very exciting and congratulations on 30 years.